Welcome to the Foul Vine Podcast with Sarah and Scotty Moe, where everything wine and baseball is in fair territory. Today we will be drinking a 2019 Monte Pociano, interviewing resident Yankees fan Paul Stefano, and previewing the AL East. Grab a glass and join us. Look, big paper, I increase my wealth, uh. Red wine, that's good for my health, uh. Wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's, uh. Allow me to introduce myself, I said. We are back. We are back. I'm back from Puerto Rico. How was your trip? It was amazing. Did you uh, give a pep talk to the team? Um, I did not. Unfortunately, they had already departed, um, so I didn't get to see them. But I did see Roberto Clemente everywhere on all the parking stickers. They have oh, his yeah. his uh, photo with 3,000 hits and, you know, representing Santurce and practicing Spanish. It was awesome. Love to hear it. Yeah, super fun. How have you been? How How's baseball Good. Been? I've been watching so much baseball. World Baseball Classic has been exciting, to say the least. Um, and just been watching a lot of spring training baseball too. So it's tis the season, I guess. Tis the season. Yeah. Baseball's here. Baseball is full on here. We have spring training, we have college and we have world baseball classic. It's an exciting time. Love it. It's best time of the year. Best time of the year. All right. Well, what are we sipping on today out of our Clemente museum 21 glasses? I'm glad you asked Sarah (laughs) because today is a special day. I got a special wine for this episode. We are celebrating the victorious team Italia. Okay. They are moving on to Tokyo. Um, they, they won or they came in second in their poll. So they move along with Cuba. Um, and I, uh, I got my favorite Italian wine. I have never had this specific brand, but my favorite grape is a Monte Pociano di Abruzzo. Mm, so good. Um, yeah, I, my, my grandfather's from Abruzzo, so I love my Monte Pociano. I think there's like an attachment there to this specific wine. Um, so whenever I see it in, in a liquor store, I'm always, I'm always grabbing it. Um, this one specifically is called Sonio di Ulissi. About Sonio di Ulissi. It's from the Tenuto Ulissi Winery. Um, they were founded in 2006 by brothers Antonio and Luigi Ulissi that were they were both dedicated to expressing the region's wine, mm. which is the Montepulciano. Montepulciano, yeah. Um, this winery is in a small town along the coast named Creccio. Uh, a lot of the Abruzzan wines are along the Adriatic coast. So they have a, a coastline of 130 kilometers. And a majority of the region is ma- very mountainous. It's the Apennine Mountains run through the majority of, of, of the region. Um, but uh, you'll see a lot of the vineyards on hillsides that overlook the Adriatic, um, Adriatic Sea. Yeah, nice. um, and I, I'm, I'm assuming that helps with the ripening of the grapes and all that. Um, so, the, yeah, they're known for their unique soil and, and climatic conditions for wine or for growing grapes. Um, and you know, this is, uh, the Montepulciano grape specifically, you'll find mostly in central and Southern Italy. Um, this wine is, this specific wine is very good with beef, veal, pork, and pasta. And, um, it is the second most dispersed grape in Italy behind the Sangiovese. So, 
Um, are you ready to give it a try? I'm very ready on this day of sports days. Let's get into some wine. Alrighty, so I am going to pause for a quick ASMR break. Not bad. Nice. Pretty good. I'm so excited to drink this wine. I've been drinking a lot of wine lately. That's <laughs> never a bad thing. Yeah. Now for our pour. Ladies first. Thanks, Scotty. Sounds like a nice pour. Yeah, looks like a fat one too. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Okay. So, first things first. Um, mm. Montepulciano is known for their deeply colored wine. So, you can see this is a very dark. Well, they can't see, but I can see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. No, very dark. Very dark. Can't, like, see through it. Deep plum. Deep plum. That's a good. It smells like grape juice. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm definitely getting a, yeah, like a dark fruit smell. Um, when I, when I smell, uh, Montepulciano's, I often get like an oaky vanilla smell. Okay. Well. Good to keep in mind. Vanilla is always a dominant, um, smell and taste when I, uh, with these wines. Mm. Yeah, I can get the oakiness. All right. Okay. That is really good. So it's definitely, um, it's definitely more tannic yeah drier, but, but less, less acidic less acidic yes um it's it's kind of smooth for a dry wine yeah not sweet and you know like on your our scale of like dry sweet um light-bodied you know um like a higher bodied wine um tannic it is definitely in the middle on a lot of those mm -hmm. scales and you with a little bit of fruitiness as well mm-hmm but the fruit isn't overbearing the no. flavor by any means. Definitely not. Um, it's, it's to me an easy drink uh, for someone who yeah. likes a dry wine. Like I can definitely do drier than this, but this is like an easy, um, I can have a few glasses of this. Agreed. Cause it's grape juice. <laughs> exactly. All right. Quite well, literally. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll let you know what we think. We'll be drinking this today. As we talk about the AL East, the Beasts of the East. Yep. This is a special day because we're talking about Team Italia and we're going to be discussing the Yankees with friend Paul, resident Yankees fan. Yeah. I'm excited and, to hear from Paul. You know, we'll, we'll sprinkle in a little bit of the other teams in the AL East, I guess. So. <laughs> Those other guys. Yeah. Um, let's get into it. All right. Grab a glass and join us. Chin chin. <laughs> Alrighty, today we have our the Foul Vines official resident Yankee fan, Paul Stefano, from my beautiful hometown of Newcastle, PA, family friend. Uh, Paul and I share a love for the New York Yankees, Pitt Athletics, and last but not least, Fenty Say Winery. Paul, how you doing? That's good. How are you? Thank you for having me tonight. Absolutely. I figured, you know, we're going to do an AL East preview, or preview, I keep saying preview, um and who else you know to have on uh, you know you've been you like we got to talk yankees i know we have a lot to get off our chest so yeah. to start it off paul how'd you become a yankee fan well my dad is a yankee fan and his family they were all yankee fans and so i and you know i grew up in the 80s and so the 80s they were they had the best position players but couldn't get over the hump that was like the story of the 80s 
Yankees, you know, Big Dave, Ricky Henderson, Don Mattingly. Um, and they were, I mean, every year you you thought they were going to win the AL East. And to me, that was, by the way, that was the real AL East in my mind. I'm not nothing, you know, I love the AL East. But I think of those, that was Boston at Fenway, us at the original stadium, Cleveland at Muni, the Orioles when they were when they were good, um, Detroit at Tiger Stadium, the Blue Jays who actually were good, the, the Brewers, original Tiger Stadium too, right? Like the original, yeah, the true Tiger Stadium, um, and so you know they were like um, you couldn't help but love that division, and so you know I I, I actually though as a kid I loved Bogsy as a Red Sox. I mean, I, I was a huge Boggs fan. Then he ended up winning us, you know, being part of that, that championship team in 96. But, but it, it, it would go back to my dad who went as a child to Cleveland on a train. And it probably goes back to DiMaggio in truth. And, you know, cause Yogi's even later, it's really DiMaggio. And I have to think for my, my, my dad's dad and my, my dad's uncles. I even wonder if it's Crochetti and Lazari. Mm. You know, it's deeper than DiMaggio. Rizzuto? Rizzuto's DiMaggio's time. Is he DiMaggio's era? Yeah. Tony Lazari played on the 27 Yankees. You know, so, so you know, my grandparents would have been children at that time. I have to think Lazari, it was one of those things of how many famous Italians were there in the 20s. And, right. And you know, it's funny. Solidified it. I think a lot I think a lot of Newcastle people being a very strong Italian population mm-hmm. have the same there's a lot of Yankee fans in Newcastle there's Yankees fans everywhere but I think that a lot of us have the same story as to how we became fans of the Yankees like my grandfather uh would take the train to Cleveland once mm-hmm. a year to go watch him play and you know he would always say that all the Yankees had vowels at the end of their name that was why they're his favorite team so um, and his his um, love for the Yankees probably goes back to Lazari too. Like it's it definitely goes back way uh, really far. But his favorite was Yogi Berra. My as you know, my mom named our dog Yogi. So um, yeah, no, I, I think it's just funny how we all have the same um, story as to how we became fans of the team. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It, it is. It is because it's like a, this shared story, but you don't know that they've ever actually. I mean, they were they were all on those trains to Cleveland, but it's it's not like in those days where they would have all been on some internet group or would have all met somewhere and wore gear. Gear didn't even exist, you know. But they were all part of it. So mm-hmm. it's a great it's a great origin story. Uh, we gotta do an episode on like Yankee history or just baseball history in general. Absolutely, I, I Absolutely. feel like we're going to we could go on for hours about that. Um. But most importantly, we got we got to focus on our 2023 Yankees. We've got some unfinished business. How are we feeling about the Yankees this year, Paul? I always feel good with what we have in the field. You have to feel good. I, I love our staff. Um, I I I love our position players with some question marks. I want to see more balls in play. Now, who knows with the rules changes, if maybe we're going to get a little more of that. The, the, the strikeouts last year bothered me. 
Um, there were some empty spots in that lineup. But, you know, if, if LeMahieu's completely healthy, because I think he may have been worse off last year than we really knew. If he's truly Definitely. healthy, you know, then I I think that that gives us, you know, a better it seems like he set a tone for a better approach. Um, those those two years when he was really absolutely tough. And they, they it set a it set an approach for how the team an approach for bats. Yeah, I think so too. He was definitely not fully healthy last year. I'd like to see some lineups where like right now I'm looking at a projected lineup. Like he's not in the projected lineup because there's so many middle infielders. And yeah. this is, you know, predicting Josh Johnson's start third base. We talked about I know we talk about this a lot. I would like to see some lineups where he's leading leading off, playing third base. And I don't think he's an everyday third baseman, but he he's got a good glove. Um, and then you you have Prozit short, Torres at second. Um, I think that would be my ideal lineup to start the season. What do you yeah, think? I agree. I I don't I don't. It's hard for me to accept that Josh Donaldson is going to start at third base over him. I mean, the strikeouts last year were ridiculous, and I was. Look, the Josh Donaldson of 2015, I was a huge fan. Mm -hmm. Not who we have. Mm -mm. But it's not just that it's maybe diminished skills. It's a lot of strikeouts. It's yeah. not It's not ever, uh, you know, used to hear the term, and I don't think I hear it as much, the quality at bat. Yeah, quab. You know, yeah, that was, absolutely. That was a big conversation through, like, like the, even through the nineties, a quality at bat, you know, and that included, but that's before we couldn't, you know, when, when you used to move runners over, no matter how good you were, if you moved a runner over, that was good. Now that, you know, that fell out of vogue for a while. Yeah. Moving a runner over was a bad thing. So his, his at bats, they, they're not quality at bats. And in the playoffs, everything's a little tighter. Yep. You know, you're not dealing with that, that full season statistical game. And and if you need to win just today and you need a run just today, then I want a ground ball to the right side of the infield sometimes. Absolutely. We're a bunt. And, Hit you know, and run, small ball. Mm -hmm. and, and they do have some guys that can do that. I, I think my main goal going into this season with the lineup is I want Boone to put out the lineup most days that are going to help us win what is the most optimal lineup i think he has been too um caught up in being right about certain guys mm -hmm. um you know he his press conferences about donaldson and and hicks we'll get to hicks in a second but donaldson like you he you got to be crazy if you don't think he's gonna have a big bounce back uh, boone has not accepted the downfall of Josh Johnson yet yeah. and it's hurting us like we need we have young prospects that are ready to come up and contribute and we we're the Yankees we should not go a decade without being in the World Series it's just unacceptable so are you wanting to be right or do you want to put out the best lineup to help us win every day he would rather be certain than right yeah yeah for sure for sure and it's I'm certain Josh Donaldson's ready yeah certain I, right the worst part is it's not even that Josh Donaldson is in the lineup and batting eighth. Like he's batting fifth most times. Well, that 
yes, it's not so much that he's in that lineup, but it, it, it kills rallies. Yep, because we'll have Stanton fourth, who is known for, you know, he, he can hit the ball harder than anybody, but he has a lot of strikeouts, a lot of swing and miss, and a lot of bad looking at bat. So why are we going Stanton Donaldson back to back? Right. I'm okay I mean, with one of those guys in the lineup. Uh, you got to have a diverse lineup. But, you know, what I like, what I'm seeing is in the spring, sometimes they're batting Volpe fifth, which I know they're not, he's not going to start in the, in the opening day roster. They have yeah. a lot of middle infielders. They're going to have to make a move at some point. This is a good problem to have. Let's just say that. Um, I'd like to see if Volpe were to come up, have him lead off because that guy has some quality at bats. He puts the bat yes. on the ball and he's going to steal over 50 bases, I would say, in a season. Oh, yeah. What a nice, clean swing. And then put Glaber fifth if Glaber's in the lineup the same day. Yeah. I, I like Glaber five. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, yeah, they, they have the, a good problem of having a lot of middle, middle infielders. I thought for certain Glaber was gone this offseason and we'd have a middle infield of Peraza, um, you know, Volpe, IKF, Oswaldo Cabrera. There's a lot of young guys. I like IKF as a super utility guy. I think he's great coming off the bench because he puts the bat on the ball a lot. But they have to start the season with Peraza at short. Yeah, and and you know, and you're right. IKF, he is he is a utility guy. I mean, he's fantastic. He played a great third base too, by the way. Yes, and I thought about that. I thought, yeah. you know, now of course I want Lemayhu's bat in the lineup, but but even so. He can he could play third, and um, you know you can move him around those infield spots as people need need a day off or whatever. He's not so he doesn't he's not going to mash. Mm -mm. But those are not like embarrassing at bats. They're not embarrassing at bats. He's just not a great hitter. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he puts the bat on the ball. Sometimes you need a guy that's just going to, you know, start rallies, uh, put put the bat on the ball, especially with the new rules. So that's another thing we can talk about, like the new rules. Yeah. I was watching that game last night, Pirates-Yankees at um, Steinbrenner Field. LeMay, he was leading off, and he hit a ground ball up the middle. The last few years, that would have been a clean 6-3, okay? Mm -hmm. Would have been an out, but it's a single now. I think Lemayhu's going to thrive off that. I think guys like Rizzo's batting average is going to go up from two thirty to two seventy. Um, guys that put the bat on the ball a lot, um, uh, and IKF could, you know, I, I mean, he's not going to have the slugging percentage, but he's going to spray the ball all over the field. So, right, right. what do you like the new shift rules? Like, do you think it's going to benefit I, this team? I like the new rules because the game had to. It had to be done also. Yeah. Um, we had to see baseball the way we want to watch it. I mean, it is, in the end, you know, I mean, I thought for a long time, and this is like a conversation every baseball fan's had, why not just put the bat on the ball into that empty spot? You know, not that it's easy, right? but you would see these huge swings and you'd be like, oh my gosh. And it was creating this, this frustration that you just knew there were outs coming and bad outs. Um, so I love it. And I do think I see DJ going up the middle a lot. A kind of Falefa can, can be successful under this 
more successful, I should say. So I like it as a fan, but I do like it for some of the players that we have, assuming they're in the lineup. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, that brings us to the outfield too. So we have you know Judge and Wright. That's a mainstay right now. Projected for center, Harrison Bader is probably one of one of if not the best defensive center fielder in baseball right now. And then left field, Aaron Hicks. So Aaron Hicks is hitting three as of right now, three eighty five in spring. Now take those stats with a grain of salt. He looked good last night. Apparently, he changed where his hands are in his in his um in his load. Like he's holding his hands much up higher. In his swing, he's still a very passive um, player in, at, at the plate. Like, he he will take a ton of pitches, almost mm-hmm. to a fault. Um, obviously, and he there's injury concerns, too. I, I think that's a potential hole left field. I mean, obviously, I'd love to see Hicks bounce back. He's his – we need another lefty bat in the lineup. Um, but I, that's – that's a guy that I think could be. I mean, I don't know who else is in this on the bench right now. Oswaldo Cabrera is the most likely to replace him, and I like him as a young player. But that could be a potential hole in left field. I love the way he played when he was when he was brought up. I I I'd be more than happy. I mean, if it works out, I would love to see him in left field and get a shot every day. Hicks, I had nothing but frustration as if yeah. um, taking a lot of pitches uh, sometimes I thought he was taking a fastball that he could have hit it seemed at times his swing got bigger and bigger and bigger you know it never now we'll see this if his hands have moved and and everything if maybe he's able to put the bat on the ball a little bit more I mean he's he's a legendary athlete and um good in, golfer you know, apparently like in his youth he was like one of those best athletes he was like a top prospect for the twins when we traded for it like he he just like what wasn't working out for him and then it clicked for him a couple years in new york yeah he's known as the best golfer in the the majors right now um so he's he's a good athlete he's married to tiger woods's niece i think yeah yeah yeah. but i always feel like he's a josh donaldson also that aaron boone wants to prove yeah it's gonna work um and I, I'm often frustrated by both. I feel yeah. like they're both, they're both giving me the same amount of of grief sometimes as a fan. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm hoping that one of them, like Hicks, is the most likely one to show improvements this year, bounce back. But like, I'm scared about both of them going into this season. Um, one other guy that I've really been impressed with, um, that they picked up on a minor deal, is this Willie Calhoun. Um, yeah. he's he's always been known for getting the bat on the ball. He was a top prospect for the Dodgers and traded to the Rangers. Um, he injuries hurt him in Texas and he has a chance to make this roster. Um, he's a guy that's also more DH like he doesn't really have a great home defensively. He's not great in the outfield, mm-hmm. um, but he's, he's really impressed me. He's, I feel like he's making hard contact every at bat in the in, in spring training. So, yeah. And I, I had, I had the game on the radio the other day I was driving and he, um, he had some good at bats and they yeah. were, the announcers were, were, were kind of expressing that same, that same thing. Yeah. Impressive. I've always liked him as a player, as a guy who makes a lot of contact. Um, you know, those are the type of players I like. So, uh, you know, I'd like to see him get a shot at some point, but, um, 
you know, moving on real quick to the road to the pitching staff, but you know, mm-hmm. rotation first. Now we lose Frankie Montas for a year. You know, that's already looking like Sonny Gray 2.0, maybe worse. Um, gave up a lot to there was a lot of pitchers that we gave to Oakland in that trade, like the JP Sears. He made a lot of starts last year. I liked him a lot as a lefty. But we've got Cole, Rodon, Severino, uh, Nasty Nestor, and Herman. I'd like to see Clark Schmidt get a shot at that fifth spot, but Herman's looked good in spring training. What do you think of the rotation this year? Well, it, it, it's a great rotation. I feel great about it. Um, I'm sick about the Montes and Montes situation, and I do agree. It is, it is like a, it's feeling like Sunny Gray, especially because so much was put into acquiring him. I mean, it was like almost a three month process. You know, from it was. Jordan Montgomery, who I would have been happy to have him in the rotation. He'd be a great number five right now. (laughs) He would. Yeah, he would. And that was part of the idea of moving him along Mm -hmm. was that we would have, have Frankie Montas. And, and, but otherwise I love the rotation. I love Cole. I love Nestor. Nestor's awesome. I hope I trust Nestor with the ball almost more he knows how to pitch he does yes he just knows how to pitch it's so it's fun to watch him he's hitting corners he's mixing speeds he gets outs yeah he's not junk balling he's not overpowering but he's not a junk ball pitcher he is a pitcher he is and he messes with uh, you know batter's timing you know with his leg kick and stuff like that i mean he he is an alt he is a pitcher i guess that's the best way to put mm-hmm. it he is um i hope Rodone like he's always been known for his obviously overpowering stuff when he's healthy he's had two healthy seasons um i hope that stays um he's a fiery competitor who's going to fire up the bronx like mm-hmm. um you know he made the comment that he um can't like has no problem being booed in Yankee stadium. And I love that because players that come here and complain about the booing, they're not meant for the Bronx. No, you have to, that that's just part of it. That's part of it. They want a winner and they get upset. And so that's part of it. Yep. Um, So I, you know, I, I think it's fairly obvious. They have one of the best rotations in baseball. They also have some depth, like they can bring up um, Davey Garcia was along a mention, mentioned a prospect who was supposed to be in the rotation by now. Hopefully he figures it out. And then also um, Clark Schmidt is right now being used or projected as the long man in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he, his trouble was his splits. He was really good against righties, but not against lefties. So hopefully he figures that out and he can um, be able to, he'll be able to make a few spot starts, but the bullpen is where there are some injuries so we have Scott Efros and Tommy Canley now, who we got back, um, is going to start, probably miss a, a week or two of the season. So that's not too bad. But Efros, who we got from the Cubs last year, I liked him a lot. Came Deceptive delivery from like kind of the side, lower um, lower angle. He's out for the season with Tommy John. I still think they have depth, though. I'm looking at this, and I kind of like it. Clay Holmes, Loizaga, and King. King is going to break out. He's going to be one of the best relievers in baseball. Wandy Peralta, Lou Trevino, Ron Marinaccio is going to be a stud, in my opinion. I really like what I see from him, and he's projecting the back of the bullpen. Albert Abreu and Clark Schmidt. I mean, I think that's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. You know? 
Or the, I guess the question in the end is, can they beat the Astros? And that's, <laughs> I mean, that the, paper, I like virtually everything, but can we beat them? And it kills me so, that, that they're the chalk and we're not. I know. And I think I, it's, I know, I think talent wise, we have the star level talent to go up against them. I mean, I think they even got better with Jose Abreu, which is scary to think about. They lost Verlander, but they have this rookie pitcher named Hunter Brown, who's like a clone of Verlander. Um, they're going to be really good. I, th I think it's between us and the Astros in the AL, no mm -hmm. doubt. Absolutely. Um, I think it's going to be a matter of Boone losing his stubbornness <laughs> and letting the young guys come up and, and fire up. Like, Bring Volpe up, start Prozic, make him your everyday show. I don't want a timeshare with IKF. Yeah. You know, IKF can be your utility guy, can even make starts at third base. He looked better than Donaldson sometimes at third base. Yes, he did. Um, I think it's going to be a matter of them creating this new identity and having a little FU energy. As, as younger guys were brought up, you could feel that energy on the field. And it, while it didn't pan out completely, it also reminds me of 2016 when they kind of, what was the, you know, we're the baby bombers. The fool's gold comment from, from the front office was the truth. This, mm -hmm. you know, we were just putting together baseball cards. Mm -hmm. and they brought up those young guys and they were ready and um, they had energy and it didn't, it didn't make it the whole way but i feel like we're at that same we're not a we're not a back of a baseball card team right now mm -hmm. however we still need we need to go first to third mm -hmm. we need that kind of energy that guy that takes you know takes the opportunity to get the extra base and that fire that kind of gritty fire yeah no i i agree and i that's when i watch oswaldo cabrera like I see that in him. Like he plays every at bat, every moment in the field. He plays every position, even though like he barely played outfield and he got caught up with the Yankees and was one of their best outfielders. Yeah. He plays every pitch, every um at bat like it's his last. And I love that. He's fiery. And I'm Volpe. I've been seeing that in him too. Like Volpe. I saw him against the Blue Jays still second and third back to back pitches. Like yeah. We need guys that do that. Like we need to move runners. Not, let's not rely on the one and done long ball mm -hmm. and let's um, move runners. Um, let's get creative. I mean, that's how we're going to beat the Astros because the yeah. Astros don't make mistakes. No, no. And you know, you do win games. You win games in, in, in inches. Yep. You know, you get that extra, that extra little bit, and that, that is how you win a game. And in a playoff series, absolutely. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's you are not gonna mash and embarrass the Astros in the playoffs. You're not. You're gonna no. you, you have to be grittier. Absolutely. Um, I guess that brings us to the final prediction for the season, Paul. Do you think they're gonna win the AL East? How do you think the AL East is gonna shake up? You know, this is just like me on on elections. <laughs> I always pick our team, uh -huh. and in, and I have to pick our team. 
Yeah. We win the East. We're the best team in the East. We and like last year, that's slide that started in July that I think we were talking on the phone, like we saw it coming two weeks ahead of time. And I, you know, but we were still the best team. That shouldn't have we, happened. We started off so hot and I was like, Paul, we're eventually like, I, I, I wish yeah. we had this energy back half of the season. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. could, there was a point where I, I think in early July, I said to you, I'm, I have, I'm nervous. I called you. I said, I'm nervous right now. Yep. And, um, but I don't think we should have to be. I think we're the best team in the East. And then, you know, the Orioles are young enough. And, and of course, the Blue Jays are, you know, that's, the Blue Jays are like, um, I feel like they're the 1980s Atlanta Hawks. Ooh. And they were going to keep taking down the Celtics. Uh-huh. They were the youngest team, and they were the youngest team. And then the Cavs passed them. Oh and, yeah, you know, and it just never, it never happened. The Cavs, well, the Pistons, of course, passed them, but the Cavs were like the next, and then the Bulls passed them, but the Hawks never happened. And I just, I mean, the Blue Jays, they're young and all those things, but eventually you have to win the East, and I don't think they can beat us. the The Orioles, but in another year and a half, this could be an interesting conversation. Yep. Yep. I was a little bit disappointed in their offseason because they have their young guys, top like prospects in the big leagues, and they barely added anyone in the offseason. Like there wasn't a, there wasn't that kind of offseason effort that you see because they are their young players seem ready. Yep. Yep. And sometimes you need that older guy that comes in and, and handles a clubhouse and whoever it might be, whether it's right. And, but they didn't do anything. But I still think they're they're talented. Next year they're going to be. Um, I and not to say it's a wait till next year for them, but I think they need another year. And in mid twenty twenty four, they could be a dangerous team to deal with. Yeah, I, I think I they're mean, ready today. I think I agree completely. I just they're a team this year even that I wouldn't take. Like, there's no team in the East that I'm taking lightly this year. Even if the Red Sox finish last, like they're talented. They have Devers still. They have Chris, yeah. fully healthy Chris Sale this year. They have um, some other younger guys. They still they lost Bogarts, which I'm finally. Uh, um, but um, yeah, I, I'm saying that the Yankees. I, I'm saying that the Yankees finish first. I think the AL is a lot more uh, chalk than the NL. I think mm-hmm. it's Yankees Astros. The teams yeah. to beat with the Mariners maybe right behind them. But right. um yeah, so um Yankees first and the AL East. Um hopefully hopefully the AL um you know contender in the World Series. Yeah, and I and I have to pick us. Yeah. I have to pick us. You know, I can't I'm not gonna pick Houston. So, no what I, I might fear, I'm not gonna pick them. I'm tempted to pick Houston, but I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can pick Houston. You could have picked Houston every year in the past couple of years, but, mm-hmm. um, but um, okay. All right, Paul. Um, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Um, we're going to do this again. We're going to do a baseball history episode. Good. And we also have to link up with Venti say, do an episode there. I want an episode in Venti say live, live, live. Absolutely. I I'll be the, you know, right now I'm in, I'm in, uh, my 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 hot stove velour tracksuit and and 
<laughs> but hopefully for that Benny say, you know, we'll be more in respectable, respectable clothing. But this is hot stove talk. This is there we go. Preseason talk, spring training yeah. talk. Awesome. That was a fun interview with Paul. Um, yeah, for sure. Sad I missed it. Yeah. If there's someone that, if I'm ever needing to complain about the Yankees, he's like one of the first <laughs> per people I reach out to. Um, he's watches almost every game like I do. So f fun interview. And we'll definitely have him on again. Um, but let's get into the AL East. Yeah. Do you want to start with the Yankees off or where do you let's, want to start? Are we doing our two minutes? Oh yeah, we yeah. are for sure. I have my, I'm getting my timer ready as we speak. Awesome. So which team are we starting with? Let's do the Yankees. We'll start with the Yankees. Okay. Sounds good. Are you ready? I am. I, I was born ready. <laughs> okay. Tres, dos, uno, vamanos. All righty. The New York Yankees this offseason, they added Carlos Rodon to their rotation. Tommy Canely makes a return to the bullpen. He was a former Yankee. They also added... Rafael Ortega and Willie Calhoun on minor league deals. They, I see them emerging in the outfield at some point this year off the bench. This team is mostly the same from last year. The biggest news in the offseason was bringing back Judge. He's a Yankee for life. He's now the captain. Um, they have a lot of young guys that are going to be emerging this year. Peraza, maybe Anthony Volpe later on. Peraza looks to be taking over the shortstop position to start the season. One concern I have, Sarah is they have a lot of people on the IL already to start the season. Mm. So if I hear one more you know, update about another person hitting the IL, I, I might uh, not watch the first few weeks. What are your thoughts? Yeah, speaking of that, Anthony Rizzo is out for spring training for a bit. Um, hopefully a couple days, that's it, they say right now, but with the lower back injury. Also concerned, can Drudge stay healthy? That's, that's always a concern, um, especially after signing that massive contract. There's no way he replicates the same year he did, but hopefully can contribute more on a team level than individual statistics. Um, I'm excited about the rotation. Um, they're always exciting, but I think that their lead in the AL East, they, it's slimmer now, right? Mm -hmm. Like they, they didn't do enough moves to widen that gap, so it should be an interesting year for the Yankees and Giancarlo is kind of like heavyweight mm, for Don't me. get me started. <laughs> <laughs> No, for sure. So, like, to start the season on the IL, they've got Harrison Bader, Frankie Montes, Carlos Rodon, Scott Efros, Tommy Canely, and Lou Trevino. A lot of people, a lot of pitchers. Luckily, they have a lot of pitching depth. I'm excited to see Clark Schmidt get a chance in the rotation. Um, I'm Michael King's back, Wandy Peralta, Ron Marinacci, a lot of young guys in this bullpen. But you're right, Sarah. It's almost unfair for us to expect Judge to, to re return to last year's form. So, we'll see. Sorry, it's a jam. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good timer. It is a good like timer. <laughs> All right. Whew. We uh, could talk about the Yankees forever. We That's could. The problem. We do with Paul. But yeah. <laughs> moving on. Let's do, um, who should we do next, Sarah? Um, let's go Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. All righty. I'm ready. Three, two, one, go. All right. Tampa this offseason did not add a ton. They brought in Zach Eflin to the rotation, a pitcher I like a lot former Philly um they have you can always expect Tampa to be feisty they're they're, they're gonna play above their talent level 
Um, I really like Yandy Diaz. Wander Franco is due for a huge year. Randy Arosa, Reina, big game Randy. Um, their pitching staff is nasty. Shane McClanahan, Drew Rasmussen, Zach Eflin, Jeffrey Springs. And also, they. I feel like there's a new guy emerging in the bullpen every year. This is going to be a fun team. Yeah, the Rays always bring it. They always are surprising. Like you say, they do always play above their their talent level. Um, this is their first year without Kiermaier, so that was a big loss for them. For definitely the clubhouse, um, he's moving to another AL East team, which we'll cover later. So that was interesting. I also think Wander Franco is going to have the breakout year. He may or may not be my pick to click. Um, Taylor Tyler Glasnow also um, is always one to mention. Um, will he stay healthy? What What's he going to look like this year? Is he going to be their shining ace? Yeah, he just got an extension too. So sucks to see him start the season on the IL. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited for this team. They're going to be, I think, at the top of the division like every year. This, there's not a bad team in this division this year. I'll just say that much right now. Mm. I, I mean, there's obviously <laughs> going to be a team finishing fourth and fifth, but I think each team could beat you any night. Definitely. The, the drama of the Beasts of the East continue. It's the perpetually most exciting division, I would say, um, in all of baseball. That's why we love it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think... The loss of Kiermaier, though, would, is going to... G-Man Choi. G-Man Choi. What do you think of those losses? Yeah, those are losses. Like, Kiermaier was just a team guy. Like, he was a clubhouse mm. guy. Um, Been there his whole career, too. Yeah, but the, you know what? The, the Rays, they plug and play guys. Like, they bring True. that... The, it's next man up mentality with them, so... Yep, a lot of good homegrown talent. All right. Where to next? Let's go to Toronto next. Let's go to the Great White North, shall we? Three, two, one, go. Alrighty, the Toronto Blue Jays brought in Dalton Varsho, Brandon Belt, Kevin Kiermeyer, Chris Bassett, Eric Swanson, Chad Green, and Zach Thompson. They were busy this offseason. Um, I think they brought in a lot of guys that are going to help this lineup, especially a guy like Del- Dalton Varsho. They need more left-handed bats. Uh, he's good in the outfield as well. Kevin Kiermeyer brings d- defense and a left-handed stick, is, and along with Brandon Belt at first base. Um, you know, one if if anywhere this team lacks depth-wise, there are not a lot of guys coming off the bench that you, um, that are they're they're more top-heavy. They're kind of like a White Sox team, right? That are that have a lot of top-end talent. Their rotation looks really good. They added Chris Bassett to it, so they were even they were good last year. Adding that guy, he's an innings eater. You can you can count on him to go seven strong almost majority of his his starts um and then bullpen seems a little bit thin to me what do you think sarah yeah so i like the move of bringing kiermeyer they traded guriel to arizona and their other that was a big trade that was a big trade yeah um and i like that move by them they moved springer then to left field which i like he's gonna be great for you in any outfield position but with kiermeyer coming in and center i think that's the right move I love Chad Green in their love Chad Green in their bullpen. Miss Chad Green or rotation, I guess you can play him wherever. Um, yeah, big Chad Green podcast, I would say. Big Chad Green podcast. <laughs> big fan. He played on the Cape. He played for the Yankees. What's not to love? Um, and then I'm always excited to watch this young young core of players. Um, they're next generation of major league players. So literally, they're in their window right now. They're in their window, yeah. and they need to capitalize. I, I love th- this team. I think their last two off seasons have been have shown that they're very serious about winning, and I really like what they did this year. Even they might not be sexy signings or trades, but like Dalton Varsho, their outfield defense got a lot better mm-hmm. with Varsho Springer moving Springer out of center field full time. 
Hopefully he stays healthy long uh, for a full season. Um, I like this team a lot. Same. All right. Now we're either going to Baltimore or going we'll to go, Boston. We'll, we'll save Boston for last. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Three, two, one, go. Baltimore Orioles brought in Adam Frazier to play second base. They also signed uh, James McCann, from, or they got him in a trade from the Mets. He's going to be backing up Oadley Rich, Rutschman. Um, and they also added to the rotation with Kyle Gibson and Cole Irvin, along with bringing back Michael Givens to the bullpen, former Oriole. Um, this team, I was kind of disappointed by their offseason, if, if I'm going to be honest, Sarah. Like, you have a lot of your young guys reaching to big, big leagues, and, I mean, why not go out and make – a big signing. I, I predicted them to go get Carlos Correa <laughs> because I, you know, the Mike Elias connection. Um, I thought they were going to make a big splash, at least just one this off season um, to add to their young team, but they didn't. I mean, I like Adam Frazier as a role player. Um, Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rushman are the next great Orioles. And then Grayson Rodriguez, who might be one of the best pitching prospects if ba- on baseball, if not the best is going to maybe make the starting opening day rotation. So I don't know a little, underwhelmed by their offense. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. It's a good adjective to describe to this team. I like the Adam Frazier move. Um, I will say I'm not the biggest fan of him as a person, but I am a big fan of him as a player. Um, And I think that's the kind of podcast we are, is to talk about stuff behind the scenes as well. So I just wanted to bring that up. Um, I like James McCann as well. Wanted to mention some young guys. Gunnar Henderson, definitely one to watch out for this year as well as Adley, Adley Rushman who you mentioned so they're exciting but yes slightly underwhelming giving given the talent level that they have like they added Kyle Gibson and Cole Orban but like these guys are maybe fifth starters like Gibson didn't have the greatest year last year like yes it's a veteran presence of the rotation but I, I was expecting them to maybe make a trade maybe they're they're waiting for the deadline I I know mm, a name yeah. to watch out for here Corbin Burns is unhappy in Milwaukee Ooh. there's some young talent here to trade if Milwaukee doesn't start off you know as fast as they'd like look out for that um, yeah and Milwaukee is run by a former Astro who worked with Michael Elias David so. Stearns that's right keep that in mind all right Last but not least, the Beantown City okay. of Tea. I, I guess we'll talk about them. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Here we go. Tree, two, one, go. All right. This offseason, the Red Sox made a lot of signings. They also lost um, Alexander Bogarts and J.D. Martinez, but they signed Justin Turner, Masataka Yoshida, Adam Duvall, Jorge Alfaro. They traded for Adalberto Mondesi, and they also signed Corey Kluber, Kenley Jansen, Chris Martin, Joely Rodriguez, and Richard Belier to the bullpen. So a lot of signings. They were active this offseason, but I don't know if quantity necessarily means quality, right? Mm. Um, I really like the Masataka signing. I think he's a name to watch out for. Makes a lot of contact. You know how I love my contact. Yeah. Uh, but they all, And they also re-signed uh, Rafael Devers for the next decade. So that was a must after losing Xander. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think there's a very real possibility this team finishes last in the division because if we know Red Sox history, they're either last or first. Yeah. Like the, there's no in between with this team. I think their bullpen's completely, uh, you know, renovated. Like they have a lot of new names. I like Jansen. I like Martin. Um, but their their rotation not in love with so much. What do you think, Sarah? Yeah, ditto on the rotation thoughts, Scotty, for sure. I do love Devers. Happy to see him get that contract he deserves. He's so fun to watch. When you think about, you know, the game evolving and being more 
relatable and engaging to players like to and to fans this is who you look at to do that he is so freaking fun to watch and that's coming from a yankees fan yeah so i sad. actually love devers too sorry yeah no you're like, good yeah devers is the best um same with arroyo they still have him right christian arroyo yes so he's also super fun to watch um sad that they lost xander because they also lost Betts, and that that window of guys who they won with consistently is depleted significantly and it's just kind of a bummer you know it's sad especially in one of the highest markets in the in the country and like their owner owns the penguins like they can spend money yeah and he owns liverpool i believe the soccer team yeah um but real quick i, I will okay, add yeah. on I, I know i'm going over on the red sox they they have trevor story on the il for the whole season i believe um brian bayo james paxton garrett willock are also listed on the il to start the season um I don't know. I feel like this team with the new um, GM, Heimblum, mm-hmm. is... He's not that new anymore, Scott. Yeah, he's not that new, actually. But he's he's been running this team like he's running the Rays. And I like they and I don't, and they aren't spending the money that they used to, although they did re-sign Devers. I, it is disappointing to see a whole era leave in Boston for Red Sox fans like um, Xander, Mookie, JD. Like, they're all gone. But Devers was a... Like, if I had to pick one out of... Xander and JD had, had picked Evers. Yeah, but they, the thing is they didn't have to pick. They didn't have to pick. They have the money to sign these guys, <laughs> yeah. bring them back, and it seems like they didn't do the right thing um, when the time was right. So, yeah, Sully's going to be disappointed by the season. That's I'm for sorry, sure. Sully. We'll have him back on to discuss maybe midseason yeah. progress report. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, yeah, the I think the thing with this division – when we're talking about standing, so they know we're going to get into our standing predictions, is it's so hard because it's so close. Like, these teams are going to be divided by three to five games, if that, yep. if not one or two. Like, these standings are so hard to predict. <laughs> they are. I could see them going multiple ways. Oh, is this man. where we we should start, is our standing predictions? And do opposite of what we've been doing or just keep going let actually let's let's do it how we've been doing okay. we'll keep it consistent we'll okay. start with the player picks consistency is key scotty it is <laughs> and we'll start with our mvp pick okay. so i know previously we've we've both given the team that our mvp is yes Ooh. sarah who's your mvp from um from toronto oh. is yours too so mine is actually from tampa okay good Whew. I have a few options listed down for everyone, but like I, I have know. like a favorite, and so the AL is stacked, man. It is. It Darn. is a beast. So okay, I think you're gonna love my pick. I think I know who it is. <laughs> Definitely, ahead. it's Vladdy. Yes. He's gonna be the MVP of 2023 for the AL for amazing. sure. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, no. It right now. He was one of my options. I really like Bo Bichette to break out. The, like, well, mm. not to break out. He has broken out but um i like him to have a big year but my picks wander franco yeah and i think you could pick him for a lot of different well i think you could pick him for breakout too but um i think like he uh, he was on the injured list a lot last year i just think full healthy season we're gonna see like a six seven eight war player potentially like he i feel I, i really think he's gonna break out um and be a star in tampa and if that's the case tampa might might be a real um threat to the yankees so moving on our Cy Young pick um you know I'll just go I'm trying to like not go chalk and be make obvious picks because well let me just say this my my pick is also from Tampa okay mine's from New York okay um do you think that's an obvious pick maybe 
Depends who it is, eh? So mine is, and this is going to be different. Well, you yeah. You might be thinking I'm going Shane McClanahan, but I am actually going Jeffrey Springs. Ooh, I, I really like, like that. Jeffrey Springs. He was a Yankee killer last year, um, and he came up, like I think, in the beginning of the summer, so he's got a full year in a rotation this year. Um, we didn't expect McClanahan to break out like he did last year. Yeah. I think Springs is going to have a McClanahan year. Mm, I like that. Yeah, Tampa always does well with their pitching. They know what they're doing, yeah. so that's a good pick. Uh, mine is Nestor Cortez. Oh, I thought you were going to go Garrett Cole. Yeah, no. I'm going with Nestor. Nice. Um, Nasty Nestor. Nasty Nestor. I think if he brings back the stash, he could be in contention. <laughs> All about that upper lip hair, you know? I love that pick. Love that pick. I love Nasty Nestor. You do. Uh, he's the best. Yeah, I think he's he's due to have a breakout, 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 breakout year. A, a breakout, <laughs> breakout, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, Rookie of the Year. We might be the same on this one, but I'm unsure. I think we might be. Uh, mine's from Boston. Mine's from Baltimore. Yes, nice. My- who is your rookie? Mine year? is Yoshida, Masataka oh. Yoshida. I think he could he could win it for rookie of the year for Boston for all of the uh. So I'm gonna go Gunnar Henderson. He still has yeah. rookie eligibility. Um, I think he'll win rookie of the year. He might be like the AL rookie of the year. Um, yeah. So. See, that's an obvious choice to me, yeah. and I wasn't trying to pick an obvious choice. Uh, I went against my uh, sigh <laughs> yeah. prediction, but um, okay, breakout or pick a click. This is like my favorite uh, pick. It's yeah. just like a fun one. Um, mine is from the New York Yankees. Yay, we're all different on these per use. I'm from Baltimore. Mine's from Baltimore. Cool. Yeah. Um, mine is Oswald Peraza. Ooh, good one. He's going to be the starting shortstop. It looks like he's going to get the opening day spot, uh, gig. And, um, I, I don't think he's going to break out. I think he's going to have a big year and he, in his small sample size last year, he hit like three fifteen, I believe in the month of September. So yeah, I'm hoping that he continues that trend. What do you, who do you have Sarah? So I have Adley Rushman. Ooh. Um, he already kind of clicked last year. Yeah. He did. He like really carried the team in the last half of the season um but i think he's with the full season he's gonna really he's gonna really shine so watch out for adley rushman they have a little pieces surrounding him now so he won't hopefully be carrying the whole team on his back um but yeah he's my pick to click watch out everyone i do want to mention i had a couple other options here that i really like for pick to click you yeah, picked same. mine for rookie of the year masataka yoshida he was my second choice i think he's going to be um big for that red Sox lineup and then thirdly you could put i have him for roy and breakout i think curtis mead Ooh. top raised prospect is going to get the third base job sooner rather than later and i think he's going to have a big year he's not from australia i believe okay so yeah name also the watch look out for, out for alejandro kirk love um that. yeah love all he was kirk. he was in a couple categories for me nice yeah nice i like that yeah Alrighty. Well, how about we do this? We gotta do our standings, but yeah. I feel like I need a refill. Do you need a refill? Um, I could use a top off for okay. sure. I don't drink as fast as you, or you just poured more in my glass to begin I with. Poured more in your glass. <laughs> Being generous. Mm. Alrighty. <sighs> Appreciate it. So mm. standings. I have a feeling we're gonna have the same standings. Me too. Because we usually have pretty similar standings. You know, great minds think alike That's here right. on the File Vine podcast. <laughs> um. I, sh- how are we going to do this? How do we usually do this? We, one person goes first. 
just gives her all one through five yeah or one through five and then five through one okay let's i'm gonna go five through one okay you go first this time all right <laughs> last i have the boston red sox because they're either first or last in this division um I, th I think there's a scenario where they're fourth too but i'm going with because i don't think they're one through three i think oh there's a clear one through three um so i'm gonna go boston fifth fourth i'm gonna go baltimore baltimore has a lot of young talent um but I was very disappointed in their offseason. I wanted to see them do more. Um, I, they still could at the deadline, but um, I just think there are three teams in this division that are clearly above them. Mm -hmm. Third, I am going to go Tampa. Tampa ha could be one, two, or three in my, in my opinion. I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm going to go three um, just because I like these, other, obviously this is a rankings obviously i like the other two teams better but um i really like what they did in the off season more um two i'm gonna go to toronto i think toronto is gonna be a real threat in al this year the nl is a lot deeper than al but i think the al is gonna come down to like three teams three or four um and then first, I have the Yankees. Um, I I contemplated this pick just because I think they could get off to a slow start with all these injuries. But if they keep their head above water and then they get you know stay healthy for majority of the year, um, I think they're the best. They have the best rotation in baseball when healthy right now with the addition of Rodon. Um, they also have a very deep bullpen, and they're, um, Volpe and Peraz are going to be up this year, and I can't wait to watch both of them on the field mm -hmm. together. So. Also, okay. just real quick, I want to also say <laughs> Volpe and Praza coming up. They also have a good problem to have. There's so much depth in the middle infield, and when I and what I mean by that is they have DJ Glaber, Peraza, Volpe, even Oswald Cabrera, even IKF, Isaiah Kiner Falefa, um, and DJ can and play DJ, wherever. DJ can play wherever. So like, I think there's going to be a trade at some point. I think the odd man mm -hmm. out, unfortunately, is going to be Glaber, but. That's a good problem to have. Definitely. So, Sarah, go ahead. Okay, interesting, Scotty. Very close, but not exactly oh, let's go. the same. All right, I'm also going to go five to one. Number five, sweeping up the floor, we got Boston Red Sox. Oh, love that. Music <laughs> to my ears. Yeah, um, I agree with you. They are either a fourth or fifth place team. They're not in the top three, so... I have Baltimore as fourth. Um, I do think Baltimore could sneakily go up into third or could really fall apart and go into fifth. Um, but they're kind of sitting pretty right now in fourth for me compared to the rest of the other teams. Okay, third, I have Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah, oh, so our... I don't like what we have Yeah. <laughs> Papa Stein's going to be disappointed in you. He is, but he knows I'm a realist, so it's okay. Um, I'm going second place Yankees I don't I don't see them going over the edge I don't see them that's kind of the what they've been doing the past couple years is like making to it the first round or second and then not finishing and so I just don't see them doing doing that well I see them doing well but if they were they would be first in any other division but not this one um, so I have Toronto. I think this is their year. I think Flatty and Bo and Biggio and all of those guys are going to show up and Kiermaier is going to bring 
new life into that clubhouse it'll be it'll be they'll be fun to watch um and yeah they're my number one they're the crown jewels of the al east i could see it i could see it. you know you can tell how serious toronto's taking it when like flatty opts out of the world baseball classic like, yes like, exactly know he to be, i know for a fact flatty wanted to be there <laughs> like yeah um so they're very serious about this season. They want to win. And I love their new manager, John Schneider. He was a great minor league coach. Everyone loves him in the organization. He is very, he's a good players coach, um, but he's also very serious. And Toronto's going to be, a f- I wouldn't be surprised if they come in first. I wouldn't mm. be at all. Good pick, yeah. Sarah. I Thanks. Like it. You too, Scotty. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. The AL East. I'm so excited. They're so good. They're going to be so fun to watch those interdivisional games, man. Always. Love love me some AL East baseball. It stinks, though, because you know they're going to show, like, Red Sox-Yankee games on every ESPN Sunday night when they really should be showing maybe, like, a Toronto-Baltimore game. Seattle, or, or, like, yeah, yeah, or, or I, in division, yes. In division, yeah. yeah. Toronto-Tampa. Exactly, but they're always going to opt out for that Red Sox-Yankees rival, which is fine, but also just annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it really a rivalry this year if – you know, boss is that. I don't know. But Boston it, could be. Surprises. I was gonna I'm say gonna write them off. it's always the thing in baseball though. Like any day of the week, any team could win. That's what so, I love about this game. Yeah, same. Exactly. So Boston, I have a feeling this is how it's gonna go. Like Yankees are gonna be on one all year round, but they're gonna lose probably two out of three games they face against Boston. You know what I mean? They're gonna be their kryptonite. They'll get swept one series. Yeah, yeah. I can see it, especially beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean. Like you said, anyone can beat anyone any day. Like the Pirates were what five and one against the Dodgers last year. Exactly, yeah, the, the Dodgers. Dodgers. So. The Pirates actually play the Red Sox first series. Yes. Of the Red season. Sox and Reds, they get all the Reds out of the way. Um, <laughs> yes, they're doing that on purpose. <laughs> and then White Sox Astros opening season. Yeah, I'm so excited. Shout out Taylor Rose. We are going to come see you. Yeah, we will see you in PNC, baby. All right. Well, that was a great AL East preview. We've finished all of the AL at this point. Yeah. So that's good. Um, catch us next time for all of the NL. We'll yeah. get to your National League teams. I know there's fans out there of those teams. I want to say this is perfect timing. Like we're le- these next three weeks going into the season, we'll get through the next three divisions in the NL and we'll be right into it. So. It's like you kind of plan this on purpose. You know, it is. It is. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, excited to go over the NL. I think that's a much deeper um, conference. Mm. So, or league. I don't league. like to use the word conference in yeah, baseball. We but, don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm excited for that. Uh, let's move on to the league news. League news. Including World Baseball Classic? Yes. Okay, so cool. we'll, we will talk. Because I have an update for today's game. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So um, obviously not a lot of league news like signings and whatnot going on, but we are going to, um, there has been a few signings that I want to talk about okay. and I'll just go through them real quickly. And if we want to talk about any of them, we can. Sounds good. Um, Rugnet Odor signed with the Padres on a minor deal. Mm-hmm. The Royals signed Jackie Bradley Jr. to a minor deal. Rangers signed Will Smith to their bullpen. While the Rockies signed both Brad Hand and Mike Moustakas. Then the Marlins were busy this past week signing Yuli Guriel and Jose Iglesias. I really like Guriel for Miami. So do I. Hey, I was Cuban, just going like, to, yeah. yeah He's going to love it there. And I think the Rangers needed bullpen depth. So, so Will Smith has been all over the place. He's been a reliable reliever. So I like that one. But 
I think most of these are minors, minor league deals. So, which is also interesting. Like when you think Jackie Riley Jr., you don't think minor leaguer. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I did see him play for Pawtucket though when I yeah, yeah back in the right. day uh, when I was working on the Cape went to a Pawtucket game saw JBJ. Did he like make? the most ridiculous catch in center field yeah and i am so bitter about when he made those crazy plays and then also had a good bat at minute Maid park against the astros to win like yeah because he was never really known for his bat yeah, he i had know won a couple of like, good years but like you decide to show up now when i could get a ring thanks jb <laughs> <laughs> um, um i also just want to mention odor for those of you yeah. who don't remember odor is the guy who punched jose patista in the face yes he actually has a really yeah no i remember watching that game live i was actually working for the blue jays okay and we were like sitting in um the hitting coach's office in bluefield in the appy league and we were watching it live and we all just jumped out of our seats like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) so funny story but yeah no he i think he actually has a funny uh, i think not funny he has like actually has a legit chance of making the padres team because they're Mm. like a little bit thin depth wise like on their bench so um i wouldn't be surprised if he's you know, on as a utility guy on this yeah, team for out in San Diego. Yeah, yeah. Just make sure watch your face. He could, yeah, he could go punching it. Yeah, don't piss him off. <laughs> don't piss off Fernando Dor. Um, I also want to announce real quick too that the D backs, there's two extensions for younger players. I like this. Every team is starting to follow suit of the Braves, mm. paying their players early yeah, into a that. little bit of their free agent years. So the Diamondbacks extended Corbin Carroll eight years, 111 million. It's like 13 a some a year. Um, it's a lot for a 22-year-old, 21-year-old. I mean, um, it's a lot for me. For anyone. Um, it's a lot for anyone. But um, Corbin Carroll is a player I'm really excited for. I think he's like one of the most for sure things as a prospect coming into baseball. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's going to steal 40 bags, hit 15 to 20 homers, and bat over 300. Like, he's going to be – D-backs are underrated. I can't wait to talk about them. Yeah. Um, and the Nationals extended their young catcher, Keeper Ruiz, to eight years, $50 million. Mm. So he came over on the um, trade from the Dodgers um, for Scherzer, I believe, two off-seasons ago, him and Josiah Gray. And um, he's the starting catcher for the Nationals, has a good bat. Um, so the Nationals lock up their, you know, franchise catcher. Hell yeah. Love to hear it. Love to see it. You do love to see it. Love a good franchise tag. Um, but the real league news this week, the World Baseball Classic. It's Woo! been an amazing watch. Sarah just got back from Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, man. Puerto Rico. She's a Boricua. <laughs> Boricua. <laughs> we are drinking out of our Clemente glasses. Yeah, we are. While Puerto Rico plays Venezuela tonight. Can't yeah, wait for that. Yeah, tonight at 7 Eastern. Um, but updates for today's game, just because my team is play, played today israel israel um played against nicaragua and they won three to one. Oh hell yeah yeah and it was tied at that's zero going game. into the fifth so that's huge that's huge dude and then also playing right now is great britain and canada in the top of the first great britain is up three nothing great britain yes wow <laughs> i know freddie freeman's canada <laughs> It's funny. Did you see the Great Britain jerseys? It looks like they wrote something on Word Doc, like in Times New Roman, and just pasted it on it. <laughs> I've only seen the hats. That's funny. Yeah. Vance Worley threw for the Great Britain against the U.S. last night. He mm. had to go against that lineup. But both pools that um, the the pool and uh, pool C and D that are in Miami and Arizona started yeah. this weekend. Those pools are very competitive. Very. I mean, 
the U.S. plays Mexico tonight, 10 o'clock, which I'm going to try to stay up for. Because Mexico or Mexico, Mexico? is, is sí. very underrated. They're like, I think they have a chance to come out of this. Yeah. Um, them in Colombia. Colombia. Shout out Melissa. And Yes, shout out to Melissa and shout out to uh, Chris Matt. He Nadia. started first game for Colombia. I saw that. Um, we love you, Chris Matt. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then the Miami pool is just like Venezuela, Puerto Rico, Dominican. Sarah's Israel. 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 Yeah, Israel. Israel. You could just say Israel. <laughs> Sorry, I was um, trying to... No, but that, like, how does Israel even make it in Israel and Nicaragua? Their team is pretty good, too. They've got, they've got some guys. Ian yeah. Kinsler's a manager. Yeah, I know. I saw that. And Kevin Euclid is their bench coach, I think. Uh, the Greek God of Walks. The Jewish Greek God. The, the Jewish Greek God of Walks. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they have Ty Kelly. They have Garrett Stubbs. They have some good players Matt and Mervis. some prospects. Matt Mervis is a Cubs prospect. Is batting they have for an them. A's prospect as well. Like Geloff. number Yeah, yeah Geloff. And then Horowitz, a Blue Jays prospect. Yep. Love all these Jewish guys coming up in the game. Yeah. Nope. Um, they So they beat Nicaragua today. Awesome. Yeah. That's great news. Huge. So um, Nicaragua has now lost twice. Fortunate. Yeah. Fortunate. So how it works is the top two teams in each division advance to the next round. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So that actually brings us to um, pool A and B, which started on Thursday and Friday. Um, I've been watching. I've been getting up at 5 a.m. to watch Team Italy play in Taichung. As one does, naturally. Yeah, as one does, for sure. (laughs) I'm wearing my Team Italy hat right now. Um, They were in a pool with Chinese Taipei, which is Taiwan, and then um, also Cuba and um, Panama. Cuba and Panama. And the Netherlands. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't speak Dutch, so I can't. Every team in that pool went two and two. I know, that's insane. So there was a tiebreaker. It had to do with like run differential and uh, and uh, like runs allowed and and like defensive outs or something like that. Mm-hmm. They explained it on the broadcast today. But anyways, the two teams were Cuba and Italy, and actually Italy beat Cuba in the first game. But um, I was surprised that I thought Netherlands was the like heavy favorite. Yeah. Going into that, and then Italy, like I think it was pitching that was their struggle today. Matt Harvey dealt for two games for Italy. What is he so, called? The The Dark Knight. Thank you. <laughs> um, they have Vinny Pasquantino, Nicky Lopez, Sal Freelich, Boston College guy, first mm. round pick for the Brewers. He's going to debut this year. Lead off hitter. He's a stud. Allora. Um, and also, Sarah, we remember Yu Chang. Yes, claro. Yu Chang turned into Babe Ruth for <laughs> Chinese Taipei. I mean, he was, he, I think he had two grand slams. When your country calls, Scotty. The atmosphere at these places in Tokyo and Taiwan were just electric, especially mm-hmm. I, I was watching a game where Italy was playing Taiwan and it was, the place was so loud. I think it, I don't think Italy could hear themselves think. Yeah. Like they've never played in, a, in an atmosphere like that. It's awesome. I love it. Anyone complaining about the horns is just no fun like, <laughs> it, it's amazing you feel like you're at a or watching a world cup match mm. which brings us to the tokyo dome a uh, pool b dude that, they domination station by japan yeah i think japan has a good chance to win this i thing. think so like They're, honestly and the and the crazy thing is that japan is not just loaded with current stars but they're loaded with future stars who haven't even been listed yet for the MLB. Yeah, because they're their stars. Exactly. They're in the MPB. Um, Murakami, I forget his first name, but he's a third baseman. He's going to be probably the top prospect next year, I think. And they have a 20-year-old pitcher who threw yesterday, Roki Sasaki. If you haven't yet, watch this guy. He is filthy. He is going to be the next 
Otani Darvish. He's doesn't he's not a two way player, but okay. he is a stud on the mound. Absolute stud. He's their third pitcher. Yeah. I mean Otani looked great. Otani looked great. Obviously. Darvish looked good. Yeah. They also have Lars Newtbar, who is uh, I saw that, yeah. Japanese heritage. Awesome. He's been their laid off hitter. Um Korea's in that pool, I believe. Yep, Korea, Australia, Czech Republic, and China. I believe Australia has a chance to be the second team out of there. Yeah, they're two and one right now. So I think there's a game tomorrow that will decide that. Um, I thought Korea had a good chance to be the two second team, but are they one and two? That's a game tonight. Oh, they are? Um, Australia is playing Czech tonight. Real quick, I want to talk about this Czech team. This yeah. This is an awesome story. So Eric Sogard's the only professional player on there. who, mm. um, but Which you can like, can you really call him professional? Yeah. <laughs> Utility guy. But um, this team Just is kidding, literally made up of everyday average Joes. Like they did a video where all these guys sit... Um, you know, said their name and their and their um, what they do for a living. Like there's firefighters, there's electricians. Yeah. Like the, it's awesome. And th- there's guys that are striking out Otani, like hitting home runs in the Tokyo Dome. It's, it's awesome. amazing. It's awesome. Yeah, we love to see it. And Eric, you are professional. No, I was just being a jerk. Um, yeah, Japan though is just dominating. Dominating. It's unreal. Yeah. So unreal. I, I, th- I think right now we're seeing. Um, four teams that are probably going to be there in the end. I see Japan there. I see um, Venezuela. I see the Dominican, and I see the U.S. And I think Mexico is a sleeper, but Mexico lost, just lost to Colombia, so they need to bounce back tonight against the U.S. I think Colombia is the sleeper then. I think Colombia is the sleeper. Yeah, right. yeah. I like. I'm. I, I would hashtag retweet all of those. So. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I feel yeah. Um, yeah, we have. The Great Britain-Canada game going on right now. Venezuela and Puerto Rico going on tonight at 7. So that'll be a fun one for sure. They'll bring the energy. And then Mexico-US tonight at 10. Australia check tonight at 11 p.m. I don't know. Maybe on the West Coast you guys can watch that game. But on the East Coast we cannot. Probably not watch that. No. <laughs> All righty. Well, that's it for league news. Let's um, – we'll be back next week with more. But um, – And also an update on the World Baseball Classic. But let's – get into our wine rating great pick this week scotty i love a montepulciano i was introduced to it by some family friends on the cape a couple summers ago and um, have loved it ever since this wine is really freaking good yeah (laughs) i know (laughs) it's really good Mm. hmm um I want to give it a 75, but that's you can't give half grades. I'm gonna wow. give it, yeah, I really like I it. I love that. Um, I'm gonna give it a 70, okay, because I'm really 80s are hard to come by. Yeah, this this might be close to it wow. if it was maybe a little drier, okay. Um, for me personally, but I really love it. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say. This is my MVP, can- MVP candidate of the AL East of wine. It's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Oh, of wines. Wow. Yeah, it's really freaking good with a, with like so good with a high high floor and higher ceiling. I like that. I like that. I like that you. I'm happy that you like it because this is one of my favorite wine. I mean, I have never had this one specifically, but I love my Montepulciano's. So, um, I am going to give this. Oof. 
It's tough. It's I'm going to go 65. Ooh. I'm giving it a half grade. I'll allow I'm doing it. it. I'll Sorry, it. Kinza. Um, but I I really like this. This is very good. Like Sarah said, it's it's not too dry. Um, it's, a, it's an easy drink, easy sip, I guess you could say. Um, but I just know I can never go wrong with a Montepulciano. Like it's, it's, yeah. I've never had a bad one. I've never had a bad Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So I'm going to go with, we're celebrating Team Italy and AL East. I'm going to go with Anthony Volpe, Ooh. top Yankees prospect. Of course you are. He's going to be a future, <laughs> he's going to be the next Derek Jeter. That's you a, know that, Sarah? That's saying a lot. I know, pressure, pressure. But he's he's a fellow Italian-American. He's from, um, he's going to be a Yankee uh, from New Jersey. Mm. He he hits for power, plays good defense. He can run well. I think he's going to steal 40-plus bases. Derek Jeter couldn't do that. Yeah, but Derek Jeter's also not Italian. He's not Italian, you're right. <laughs> I... I caught that when i was saying i'm not making a case here yeah i thought you meant to Um, you like you're both but no i'm just i'm excited for his i think he's going to have like the presence that jeter had i don't want to put those expectations on him but i think he's going to have that presence on the team Mm. um and i'm I'm excited for it i'm exciting excited for like a late 90s revival of this team yeah that would be fun so late 90s were awesome yeah i'm gonna go anthony volpe nice well You guys out there listening, you guys and gals and all those in between, you should try this out. It's the Multipucciano de Abrazo from, how do you say it? Sonio de Ulusi, Ulusse something, U-L-I-S-S-E. Really, really good. Definitely recommend, definitely recommend checking out the Blue Jays this year because this is the Vlad Guerrero one. So you should check out both. And check out the ALEs. When there's an ALEs game on TV, stop what you're doing. Unless the Red Sox are playing. Unless the Red Sox are playing. (laughs) Don't waste your time. (laughs) All right. Well, cheers, everyone. Check us next week. We'll head to the National League. Cheers, Scotty. Cheers. Salud. Salud. Intro music by Jordan Montgomery and Driving While Black Records. Big paper, I increase my wealth, uh Red wine, that's good for my health, uh Wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's, uh Allow me to introduce myself, I said Big paper, I increase my wealth, huh Red wine, that's good for my health, uh Wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's, huh Allow me to introduce myself Oh, thank you